Years ago when my brother, my older brother and I were little kids, during the Advent season we were preparing for Christmas and my dad had a work party so my mom and dad went to that party and hired somebody to come and watch us. We dressed up in our darkest pajamas and put out our stocking caps next to our beds. I think the babysitter was kind of wondering something was going to go down. And she went downstairs and when we could hear that the TV had been turned off and that she had fallen asleep, we snuck out of our rooms. We were on the hunt for Christmas gifts. We wanted to know before anyone else what we were going to get. We looked in every closet around the house. This was before the day of iPhones with the flashlights on the back. So we had our little flashlights and we were just running around the house as quietly as we could, not to wake the babysitter and to find those Christmas presents. We stacked a couple chairs on top of each other in the hallway and pulled down the attic ladder. <laughs> yeah, we climbed up into the attic and there they were. We had hit the jackpot. Every single Christmas present was up there. We knew exactly which one was for who. They weren't wrapped yet, so we knew everything. We had it down. The surprise of Christmas was over. So we made a pact, my brother and I, a pinky promise. Before we climbed down out of the ladder, we, we made sure everything was put back just the way it was, and we promised that we would act surprised. We even went back into my brother's room and tried it out in front of the mirror. <gasps> oh my gosh! That's what I was getting? I mean, it was hilarious. We went back to our rooms and we slept all night thinking we had this down. Christmas Eve came and we went to Christmas Eve service. We even knelt down in front of our Lord and confessed our sins. <laughs> Not even thinking or dreaming that finding out what our Christmas presents were, were even a sin. We came back home and we were so eager to go to bed, my parents were wondering, something's up. And then it happened. Christmas morning came. We walked downstairs and we were thinking, there's more presents under the tree than what we had seen in the attic. Darn it! My parents had a second stash. <laughs> they surprised us. And even Santa Claus came and we had not even seen those gifts. Of course. You should have got a lump of coal. I should have gotten a lump of coal. That was the next Christmas. <laughs> but isn't that what Christmas is about? We should only be surprised at the gift of God's love, but we should not be surprised that Jesus is born. Because we hear about it. The Lord comes to, to Mary through an angel and says to Mary, you're going to bear a son. And in a dream, an angel comes to Joseph and says, Mary's going to have a son and you're going to call him Emmanuel. God is with us. There's no surprise in all of this. Now granted, Mary and Joseph might have been a little bit surprised with the angels coming to them. But the reality was, on the night that Jesus was born, that was not the surprise. The birth of Christ is not the surprise. The surprise is how our lives are totally changed because of the birth of Christ. 
You see, there's still a little bit left, a little bit left to our imagination, a little bit of surprise of how God's love is going to show up in our everyday life, how God's love is going to be shared by you and I in the world. You see, Mary, when she heard from the angel Gabriel, she said, yes, Lord, I'll go. When Joseph heard in his dream from the angel, he was faithful. When we say yes and when we are faithful, God will show up. God will be with us and our lives will be blessed and the lives around us will be blessed as well. And all of that comes in surprising ways. Believe me, I've had a first row seat to it the last month. You see, in mid-November, we invited all of you to go to your local grocery store and fill bags of food for Thanksgiving. We even gave you a list of the things that we wanted you to purchase. And you were, were great. When we said, go and do it, you said yes, and you were faithful, and you went to the local grocery stores. You filled your bags. Some of you filled two, three, four, some even ten bags of food. And we, we brought those in in mid-November, and you brought them up to the altar, so much so at the 11 o'clock service, we did not know who the celebrant was. Because we couldn't see him behind the altar. I think it was Patrick. But the altar was packed full of 280 bags of food. 280. I was standing there, and there's actually a picture of this, of me going, with my mouth wide open, I could not believe it. I can believe that Jesus was born. And that Jesus is God with us, I was totally surprised. Totally surprised by your generosity. Our goal was 200 bags, and you came with 280. At that same service, we collected a noisy offering. Now, at the 11 o'clock service, we had to empty some of the change from 9 o'clock because there was no room left in the bin for you all to add your change. So we emptied some of that and had a half full bin here, and you all filled that, and then other gifts came in after that, and other people called and that kind of thing, and we had more than enough to purchase 250 turkeys. Do the math of that. You all have purchased turkeys. That's a lot of money. And we, on that Saturday prior to Thanksgiving, we are able to give everyone a bag of food, a turkey, and a brand new blanket. It was hilarious. People came in looking kind of down and they got their bag of food and they were smiling. Then we gave them this frozen, really cold turkey and they were kind of like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. And then we gave them a blanket and they wrapped their turkey in the blanket. <laughs> and we're like, well, that blanket's really for you, but when you get home and get the turkey out of it, please use the blanket. And it was just amazing. The joy that you all gave to people through your gifts and your generosity was a huge surprise to the people who received it. They were filled with love and grace and hope. Later that uh, on Sunday, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, the well gathered at the pavilion at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and, and the young adults brought their families with them and, and we took some of the leftover turkeys and the leftover bags of food and we had a list of 15 families from James Madison School. One family had seven children. 
We gave them two turkeys, nine people and their family. And so we made a shopping list and we went down to HEB and Almost Park and we went shopping. How amazing it was to see five-year-olds and six-year-olds and, and 18-year-olds shopping for people that they will never meet. We bought 20 pumpkin pies, 24 bags of rolls, uh, 18 hams, a pre-cooked turkey for a family who didn't have an oven, and a pre-cooked ham for that family as well. We got whipped cream. We, we bought out HEV's whipped cream. <laughs> we were standing in line with five carts full of food, and people were looking at us like we were crazy, and it was the greatest thing in the world to hand them the money to be able to pay for that and to go back here to the pavilion and put those, those meals together. We had HEB canvas bags and, and the thermal bags that we put the cold items in, and then we delivered those bags of food and blankets to James Madison. The families came and picked them up, and it was amazing to see the smiles on their faces. We, we couldn't stay the entire afternoon, but I got a text later that afternoon from Grace Roy, the school counselor, and here's what the text said. A family came with four children, and the husband and wife got out of the car, and they told Grace, they said, we were planning to buy a pizza for Thanksgiving. One pizza for the six of them for Thanksgiving. But because of the generosity of Christ Church, they were able to actually invite family and friends over and have a true Thanksgiving celebration. That's amazing, folks. Absolutely amazing. What a wonderful gift that is, and a total surprise. Never would I have imagined that we would be able to do such a thing, but let alone receive a text from Grace saying how moved someone was by the grace you offer. The first Saturday of Advent, we were given a Christmas tree by a parishioner here at the church. It was a tree that was about a year old. It's an artificial tree, and they wanted to get a new one, and they asked if, if the pavilion would like to have a Christmas tree, our Sidewalk Saturday folks, and we agreed that that would be a great use of the Christmas tree. And, and so my son and I set it up, and um, when he was home from college over Thanksgiving, we set it up, and I ordered some ornaments, and I was thinking, well, we need to get those ornaments on the tree. And then somehow, somewhere, someone said, why don't we have the people of Sidewalk Saturday decorate their own tree. What a great idea that it was. Glad I didn't think of it, <laughs> right? It was um, just amazing. And so we did that. The first Saturday in December, we had people come and we invited them to decorate their tree. You see, most people who live in poverty aren't going to go and buy a tree or have ornaments. And so this became their community tree. This became their Christmas tree. After it was all decorated, I looked at the tree and there was one ornament, this one, that was on the tree. That's the ornament, but it had a little note on it. And here's what it says. Total surprise. Please pray for my mom, Angie. Her cancer is back. I ask you please to pray for her. Thank you, Ernie. That was hung on the tree. And it's been hanging there all through December, and we've been praying for Angie and for Ernie. 
Ernie came up to me that afternoon, and he said that this was the tradition that his family had when he was a kid, that when they hung the ornaments, they would write prayers or say prayers when they hung them on the tree. Isn't that a cool um, tradition? And he said, I'm not going to have a tree this year, and so this is my tree. You've provided me a place to put my prayer. And I reassured him that we would be praying for him and his mother, not just during the Advent season and Christmas season, but until she is, is done and finished with her cancer treatments. A total surprise, a total shock and amazement of how God's love shows up. You see, it's not about the birth of the Christ child. It's about what we do knowing that the Christ child is with us, that God is with us. The second Saturday of December, we gathered in the parish hall, and under Tina's leadership, we once again had our annual Christmas lunch. Over 250 people came to be a part of that lunch. Santa Claus handed out children's Bibles to all of our kids, and there was a Santa's workshop where people could um, shop and get gifts for, uh, for their families. There was also Whataburger gift cards for people. It was amazing, on top of all the food and the beautiful decorations. As I was finishing up that day, a, a lady came out of, of the parish hall, and she took my hand and took the hand of the person next to me, and with tears in her eyes, she said, Whenever I come, before I come here, I'm kind of down. But whenever I come to Christ Church, and especially at the Christmas lunch, I am filled with hope and joy and love and peace. You all have changed my life. It's not about the food. It's about how God shows up in great surprises and great packages and transforms the lives of many people. Now, that would have been enough for my Thanksgiving and Christmas, but then this week happened. James Madison Christmas Extravaganza. I'd say that five times fast. <laughs> it was an amazing afternoon and evening. Lots of gifts from you all and, and a wonderful just display of, of things. And, and I got there and I walked into the library where the parents were picking gifts for their kids. And a gentleman and, and his wife came in and they were picking gifts for their, their children. And I said, you can get a board game. He said, a board game? And I said, yeah, a board game. Thinking to myself, do you know what that is? Because growing up in the digital age, did he only play games on his iPad kind of thing? Or on the TV and that kind of stuff. And he's like, oh my gosh, we used to play board games as a family all the time. And I said, well, come on over. And we went over to the board games, and he picked out sorry. And he picked up the game, and he looked at me with tears in his eyes, and he said, we used to play this every Christmas as a family. And I can't wait for my kids to open up this game and play it with them and keep that tradition alive. Thank you. 
As I was walking from the library to where the kids were picking gifts for their parents, a woman was walking next to me and her, her tears started to flood as she was carrying a huge bag of toys and everything over her shoulder and she could barely carry it. And I asked her if, I would, if she needed some help and she said, no, I want to carry these. And, and I said, you know, how are you doing? She said, this is just absolutely amazing. You have changed my life. We would not have had any Christmas gifts at all if it wasn't for you all. As we got to where the kids were picking out gifts, a little boy took my hand and he dragged me into where the gifts were and, um, and I said, you know, who are we looking for, you know, gifts for, your mom, your dad? And she, he said, well, first my mom. And, and he looked at me with these, these just beautiful brown eyes and he said, I've never been able to pick a gift from my mom. I don't know even where to start. And I said, does she like jewelry? Because we were standing right in front of the jewelry area. And he goes, yeah. And so we looked around and he picked some beautiful blue earrings. And, and for a kid who doesn't know how to shop or has never done this before, he picked them up and he looked at me and he said, can I get a necklace to match? <laughs> He's learned real fast, real well. I said, sure, sure, please do. And we looked for that and we found a beautiful necklace and he went and wrapped both of those and he was able then to, he'll be able to give those to his mother this Christmas morning. As I was walking out, another boy grabbed my hands and Hannah, and my wife, was with me and we were walking down to the table where the, the guy's gifts were, the dad's gifts. And I said, what does your dad love to do? And he said, my dad loves to fish. And then we turned to the table and right in front of him was the only fishing pole on the table. And he turned to me and he said, can I give that to my dad? <laughs> yes, of course you can. I said, I don't know how we're going to wrap it, but we're going to get it wrapped. And we're going to be able to allow you to, to give this to your dad. And he took that gift and he wrapped it up and he'll give it to his dad Christmas morning. The stories go on and on. It's your profound generosity. It's your willingness, like Mary, to say yes. It's your faithfulness, like Joseph has. It's your knowledge that God is already with us, that Jesus is already here with us, that we then are compelled to make the Christmas miracle, the Christmas surprise, God's love showing up in the world. That is our work. That is our calling. That is who we are. And I pray that you will not be surprised that Jesus is born on Christmas Eve. But I pray that you will be open to the surprises that God has in store for you about how God will call upon you to love others and to share that love with the world. We've made a great start. But I hope you keep surprising me and surprising others. For all of these surprises transform the people we serve and transform us. Remember the ornament and the power of prayer. I will never forget this. May God be with us, and may we allow God to show up in the world in our love, grace, peace, and joy. Amen. Amen.